You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coburn. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe Calling. So, a very good day. Welcome to the podcast. And uh, it's Europe Calling. The date is the 30th of May, 2023. Well, we're in the middle middle of a weather pattern which is sending us a lot of rain. Um, I've just had a couple of alerts on my telephone uh, from the ministry telling us that uh, heavy rainfall is around and about in uh, the Alicante province of Valencia. Uh, we don't know where it's going to fall, but we do know that when it does fall, it normally brings a lot of problems uh, with all sorts of flooding. And uh, we know that uh, Benidorm was hit earlier in the week. Uh, so let me just go due west around about 45 minutes and hopefully I should have Neil Colborn on the line. So, Neil, a very good day. Welcome to you. What's your weather like? Good morning. At the moment, it's cracking flags, but there are a few uh, angry clouds about. But uh, I've been walking this morning, and it, it was beautiful. And as I've come back, it's still out. But if you look over at mountains, you can see these dark, you know, the dark clouds. I, I, I said yesterday, it was sunny. And then next minute, you get a great big downpour for about five or, se- five or ten minutes, and then sun comes out again. It's like crazy. You it, know? it is. Uh, now, you've got a scoop for us this morning, so let me just put um, a bit of music on uh, to get us to what is actually a scoop, uh, as far as I say that, um, from the online version of the paper that we're going to discuss an article from. Uh, it doesn't appear online yet, which is a bit suspicious, to say the least, but it's got to turn up sooner or later. Anyway, let's get to our first talking point. Okay, so it sort of changed a little bit of um, what I'd got planned because uh, this is a breaking story. Uh, The scoop is coming from Neil. And uh, tell me, how did you come across it? And then let's go into it. Well, I I always make myself a coffee before I go to bed. And I I had telly on and there was nothing coming on. So I just clicked onto Sky News and they were doing the front pages of the papers. And the first one that come up was the Daily Mail. And it said, Sir K. Starmer is giving one point some million to this stop oil brigade. Hmm. Well, hang on, if they're breaking law, you know, going, you know, uh, just disrupting everybody, he's backing that. Well, just hang on a minute. And whose money is he going to be paying with it? My tax, you know, my, is he paying it off my tax thing? But that's what the headline was. So Keir Starmer uh, give one point something million to the Stop Oil uh, Brigade. OK, now uh, I've got this piece up in front of me now. Uh, so uh, well done to Neil for spotting it. Uh, let me just say that Keir Starmer uh, is the leader of the Labour Party, the opposition in the United Kingdom. And I'll read what it says. Um, Last night under fire over donations to Labour from a key Just Stop Oil funder. Uh, the party was challenged to distance itself from the eco-zealots by returning the $1.5 million, uh, given to it by green energy boss Dale Vince. So it's this Dale Vince guy, who I think is something to do with um, uh, MK Don's football team. We'll go into that a little bit later. But he's helped bankroll the controversial climate change activist group since it started over a year ago. And the origins of the group, by the way, just to make sure we're we're on the same page, uh, the origins of the group was to do with a millionaire over in America, or three millionaires, I think, or billionaires, who basically had their uh, properties in a place where there was a big fire. Uh, So this is uh, them sort of 
trying to convince everybody it's all about the climate change and all that. So um, Home Secretary Suella Braverman now has accused Sir Keir of... I don't even want to call him Sir Keir. I don't see what on earth he's done to deserve being called Sir. So I'm just going to call him a Keir of being in bed with the donors after Labour repeatedly opposed the public order bill. Um, but he has condemned the actions of Just Stop Oil, who invaded the Twickenham pitch to disrupt Saturday's Premiership Rugby Union final. Um you see, the thing is, it, the two-faced these people, aren't they? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, 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 if if you're reading that he's um, had a, a sort of, um, if if he's been against the stuff, there's two ways that you can look at it because obviously these clowns have been on the billiard tables in in, in Sheffield, uh, disrupting the uh, the people enjoying the nice quiet atmosphere in the snooker. Uh, then they went to the Chelsea fire Flower Show because there's a nice, easy target there. Now, I was a bit surprised by what happened at uh, Twickenham uh, because the last pe- sort of people I would want to be um, having a go at and disrupting are the likes of the people that can really give you a thick ear very quickly. And uh, there was a 37, I think he was, year old doctor who was involved in the uh, powder being uh, spoiling. Mind you, the Twickenham event, it only lasted about two seconds or a couple of minutes, should I say. Um, And then they got that sorted out very, very quickly. I think they bundled them off and the crowd was delighted to see that happen. Um, So, really, these Just Stop Oil people, I think people might be beginning to see through them now because, quite frankly, uh, some of the stuff that's been going on has been so ridiculous. Um, And and I just don't understand that people haven't really understood exactly uh, where they've been coming from and, um, you know, what they've been up to. So I'll read you the next bit, which... I'd intended to start everything with Neil, but you've you've really put a a, a, a real good uh, bolt in, in in the out of the blue here. So what? Yeah, have, Vince, just, just before you just before you carry on, yeah, there were there were things on the news about this stop oil, this green water. Were it in Venice? They poured all this oh, yes. stuff in, and it, and it's like a luminous green. Yeah, I uh, saw that. Where where the gondolas go, and it looks awful. Yeah, that's another one at Stop Oil what in Italy. Well, I think people uh, doubted me when I was trying to say that these guys doing all this disruptive stuff, um, they can go on a website and ask for money to fund their activities. So, of course, this then caught my eye about where does that money come from and it's a Hollywood director helping to bankroll just stop oil uh, let's go over the fact bankrolling means giving them money that's what it's all about and he's been accused of hypocrisy over his lavish holiday home in Ireland so that's 5,000 miles away from his Los Angeles base so it's an Oscar winner Adam McKay whose films include The Big Short and Don't Look Up is one of a group of multi-millionaires behind the Climate Emergency Fund. Uh, The Beverly Hills-based fund raises cash from its mega-rich supporters and distributes it to disruptive activists, including handing almost a million pounds to help Just Stop Oil wreak havoc in the UK. Uh, Mr McKay is a director of the fund and has donated over £3.2 million to support recruitment and training for groups, including the British activists. Uh, And in a webinar last year, he pledged to help Just Stop Oil in any way possible. Uh, So, um, the Climate Emergency Fund was launched in 2019 after these three founders, multi-million pound homes in the exclusive California oceanfront city of Malibu nearly burnt down to bushfires, which they blamed on climate change. So all that was already uh, I wanted to talk with you about. But then I picked up this from a proud Eastender uh, in New Zealand. These people are hilarious. 
hey everyone, the planet is dying, so you need to limit your lives, you need to feel guilty, spend more on inferior eco-products and scare your children into thinking that the world is ending. It's really important that we emotionally terrify the children into becoming enviro foot soldiers. Oh, and turn a blind eye to people like me, those, those of us who lecture but won't do anything ourselves, just as bad as Harry. So I think people are beginning to maybe wake up. I'd like to think that. What do you think? Well, I would. I mean, they need to wake up and smell the coffee pretty quickly. I mean, to, to pay people, you know, to go and, you know, put the uh, orange uh, dust or whatever it is, and on snooker tables and rugby, as you say, with rugby players, one of them should have tackled them. They'd never do it again, trust me. Yeah. They are big lads. They are big units. You know, but they disrupt it, which is basically illegal. So why don't we start, you know, chasing these lockdown that are funding them? You know, it's go not back, um, go back living on the benefits that we pay them anyway. It's not so much that Keir Starmer is giving the money. What what's actually happening is they've discovered that somebody who is involved in the activism, the green climate and all that that sort of stuff and the environment, uh, that guy uh, Vincent Dale, who I think is the, I think it's almost certain it's uh, something to do with MK Don's football club. Um, but I'd need to check that for sure. Um, but, I mean, the, the point is, uh, he's giving money to the Labour Party. So if the Labour Party um, is involved in this support, then obviously they are totally hypocritical, aren't they? Yeah, and, 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 and who's the leader at Labour Party? Keir Starmer. You know, I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have a further away Labour man than Keir Starmer, could you? No. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's hypocritical in, in its sense. Yeah. Um, now, I'm just looking up whether uh, this Vincent Dale is the same da- guy, because there is somebody that's involved in, in the football. So I'll go back to that article um, and I'll just see whether or not I've got the right name. Dale Vince, that's it. That's the that's the name I'm looking for. Dale Vince. I'll bet you when I put in the search that he'll be... Um, the guy that's behind the football club, Dale Vince. I remember doing a piece about him. And the thing is, Neil, all the time it's about joining, it's all about joining up the dots, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you remember, uh, 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 MK Dons came about, they left Wimbledon. They tried to, they tried to get Wimbledon thrown out at Lee to move up, uh, you know, uh, out of Wimbledon up to MK Dons, didn't they? Yeah, that's they just, right. They just left. You just left Wimbledon, but like swim on your own, you know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know. I, I've I've got um, I've got the football cl- club wrong. I knew it was a football club. It's Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> yeah, the, well, they 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 they're struggling like mad. Or they might have gone out at league or summer because that all their ground was uh, you know these uh, solar panels and this that and the other, and uh, all the players had to eat. Uh, basically be vegetarians or God knows what. <laughs> well, that's not done them any good, has it? No. You know, probably um, they got no energy by the time they went on pitch. You know, well, this... if, you, if, if you sign for us, you've got to be, you know, like eat, eat all the, 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 you know, the, the veggie food stuff and all that. Lot. Well, this Dale Vin- Vince, I'm reading this from the website, so it's just to show our listeners that this is how we have to check the facts these days because otherwise I, I was getting names wrong and, and that's why I quickly went to the internet uh, because all this is just coming in as hot news uh, which you've uh, given me the scoop on. Um, so basically he uh, was born in 1961. He's got an OBE, uh, is a British green energy industrialist, a former New Age traveller and he's the owner of the electricity company uh, Ecotricity. Uh, born in Norfolk and uh, founded the Renewable Energy Company and then became a major shareholder and chairman of Forest Green Rovers, which you've told us a bit about as well, uh, uh, and that was in 2010. So uh, what did he get as um, uh, OBE? It was in 2004 and received 
Uh, this was uh, the world's first carbon-neutral football club and then received an honorary degree in 2013. Um, so uh, then he's also faced a financial claim case from his ex-wife, settled in 2016. So the thing is, the more you look into these things, you find there's all sorts of of very, very shady dealings, which based around that uh, thing that you've just brought to my attention, which was, go, it's not on the on the website yet, which is very strange that, isn't it? You'd think oh, that would yeah. have been there straight away. Yeah. Okay, well done with that. Let me go to um, the first then of our talking points today. And um, here it comes. Okay, so there's a, an article that is uh, online at the moment, and it's written by a guy called Brendan O'Neill. It says their faces were twisted with hatred as they jabbed their fingers at me. They waved placards denouncing me as a hate speaker, a bigot, someone unfit for public life. And this was Oxford University in 2018, where I'd been invited to give an after-dinner speech at Queen's College. When I arrived, I was greeted not by the reasoning intellects you would expect to find at one of the world's great universities, but by a mob of blue-haired, red-faced, woke censors. They were out assembled outside the building where I was due to give my speech, hurling all manner of abuse. Uh, I tried to talk to them, but they uh, backed off as if I were a leper. To them, I was a leper, a political leper. Needless to say, the experience made me deeply pessimistic about our educational institutions. Now, uh, he goes on later in his article to talk about a lady who is going to talk at the Oxford University uh, Students' Union, I think it's tonight, and I'll read on. Uh, yet something reassuring happened last week, a glimmer that gives me hope that these campus tyrants who have long stifled open discussion, may soon be facing their comeuppance. A brave group of more than 100 Oxford uni University students issued a call to arms by writing an open letter to the Daily Telegraph. They fear that freedom of speech is in peril. These students are understandably outraged by how Kathleen Stock, that's the lady who's going to talk, has been treated by their contemporaries. Oxford Unity was founded with the key aim of discussing ideas which some may find challenging, they say. And when the killer point, uh, there is so much to gain from hearing opposing views on important topics claim these young dissenters from the woke ideology. What a bizarre state of affairs that is now newsworthy um, to explain why it is so significant. I must illustrate just how corrosive campus censorship has become uh, that night at queen's college in 2018 i was there to talk about freedom of speech uh, now this lady that's going tonight she's more in uh, really talking about the ladies um you know freedom of the, what the ladies need to be able to talk about um whereas of course we've now got to the stage where the lgbtq XYZ um, are there shouting and battling and making everybody think that they're a huge my majority and not just a very small minority. That's what I can't understand. Uh, how have they managed to twist that all round? I don't know, but, but the, I saw a bit of that on, on news and she's uh, also besides the LGBT, XYZ, whatever they are, right? Also about, you know, women are not men, and men are not women. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the thing that they've got the backup about. But, I mean, <laughs> you're, talking, you're talking, we all know, you know, a, a man and a woman, you know. So she's, she's having this speech on that, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're boycotting, oh, they're going to try and disrupt it, and God knows what, we'll probably have to stop oil lot and anybody else trying to do anything. But... <laughs> You, you can't you, you can't argue about biology, can you? You know, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, but they are, and I mean, uh, that um, idiot who's in charge of the um, Lib Democrats, uh, Ed Davey, said on the radio that um, women can have a penis. 
And, uh, I mean, you know, where do you go when you've got a party leader with views like that? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not being funny, but I, I, me and you have been around block a few times here, haven't we? And we're getting on a bit. But I've never yet met a woman with a penis. Never. No. Ever. Well, I'm linking this now to another article that I spotted uh, earlier in the week. And it's about a large group of trans activists facing off with women's right demonstrators chanting fascist scum off our streets. And uh, there's this person known as Posey Parker or Ms. Keane was dancing as her fellow demonstrators call her a legend. And the Metropolitan Police spokesman said police are present and engaging with multiple protest groups at Hyde Park. Uh, And yet, you know, um, uh, there's this group who are sort of defending the ladies' rights. Um, So I looked at a uh, comment from Raging Calm in London. Um, The women from Let Women Speak never attack anyone. The attacks and violence all come from one side and it isn't let women speak. Interesting that it isn't even possible to have a meeting to discuss things without protesters coming and acting violently. They couldn't even meet privately because the protesters found the venue and caused it to cancel the event or make it impossible to actually access the venue. The coverage of the media is disgraceful treating it as if LWS partakes in violence or demonstrates at other people's meetings. The violence is all one-sided. Neil, I'm beginning to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know whether or not uh, it's just me because I need something that's going to be nicer to to actually talk about. Um, But it does appear to me that some of this is now beginning to um, become people seeing what we've been talking about for a long time. Exactly. You see, if they come in with violence, the the police shouldn't be dancing with them. They should be locking them up as we go back again. You know, the the punishment don't fit the crime, whether it's any any type of violence, you know. So if somebody's dressed as a woman, yeah, you know, in frock and all that lot, and somebody goes and attacks that well is is that violence against a woman or is it violence against a man because it is a man dressed as a woman do you know what i mean it's like hang on what where are we coming from here you know yeah it's, it's, it's just it's just they just i don't know they've got to be getting paid as we've sussed out on, on the first thing we were talking about so all these are going around being paid for because years ago if you remember uh, Labour Party brought in uh, flying pickets that they paid to go and pick it somewhere here and somewhere there. It's just basically the same thing, isn't it? Well, look, uh, I know that probably when I first started hinting about links to places like the Chinese Communist Party and things like that, people used to probably think that I was a bit uh, weird. But having, as I say, immediately gone and read the Communist Party manifesto when I went back to study. And having seen that they've written in that manifesto in 1848 that to defeat capitalism, you defeat the family, I can clearly see now that this is part of possibly a international communism getting together, rereading that and realising that you don't need to necessarily fight a war all the time. You need to just get inside institutions and start mixing and messing about with people's minds and our values at the moment are totally skewed, aren't they? Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I was very lucky yesterday. I was talking to a guy, a young executive uh, who uses LinkedIn, and uh, we're doing a series of looking at, um, you know, what people uh, uh, le- learning English, uh, how they're using English as part of their work. And he was telling me about going to work in Equatorial Guinea, and basically he's written a book on trying to understand how it is all being hushed up 
the way uh, Spain gave uh, freedom to uh, that particular part of the uh, of the world when the Americans suddenly appeared from nowhere and uh, you know he's never never really got to the bottom of it and so we were looking at the influence of politics on his job and his job is he's an environmental um, consultant uh, and so I started challenging him about certain things and he said well there's too many people in the world so I said straight away, well, who who gave you that um, uh, g- who gave you that idea? Because because when you look at big countries like uh, Canada and when you look at uh, big countries like Russia, there's bags of space. Uh, maybe we need to just think differently about how we um, you know can sort of live in those spaces. So he, he he'd never sort of seen it like that. And I said, and I'll give you another food bit of food for thought. There's only one country so far that's actually said you have got to only have one child and passed a law and the whole country had to live in that regime and that was China. Yeah. And then, of course, it's the same country that comes up with this Wuhan thing and basically, you know, I started joining up the dots with him and I think he's probably seen a little bit more of, of, of what, possibly is going on because i think this business of the transgender and the uh, all the things that take away from being a man and being a woman that's got to be right slap bang in the middle of what those um communist manifesto words were saying you've got to uh, defeat the family to defeat capitalism i mean at the moment they're having to go at the uh, the dollar that's what the what they're trying to do is undermine totally undermine the dollar. So this runs alongside of it, quite honestly, for me. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on them. You know, it, it's one of them. You know, it, it's like the big the, the big brother thing, isn't it? You know, stamp on them, boom, keep them down there. Let them keep you know producing all the goods and this, that, and the other. But you've got to keep them down. Don't let them have a rising up. You know. Well, I mean, if you've if you've got to sort of rely on the uh, say the police and the uh, judiciary and then the MPs, uh, I noticed there's another attack on the MPs. Quite rightly, I mean, they've been stupid. They've been claiming and dodging the fiddling the fi- that their um, um, travelling expenses and all things like that, which they shouldn't be doing. In fact, I think it was to do with. Um, claims for paying fines. Can you believe four of the MPs have, have been found doing that? And yeah, well, and also, how many of them got found guilty of claiming claiming uh, uh, gardening in, uh, and a duck pond in, in, the, in their houses? Not one of them who fiddled all, all the time that, that were going on and they sat the other, not one of them got sent to prison. Yeah. None of them. Well, it's all... It, now, it's... how does that work? If that had been me and you fiddling, we'd have got prison. If we'd have got caught, we'd have got put in prison. But, but... It, it, you know, this MP's uh, right where you can't... Yes, you can, because you're thieving money off me. Yeah, and I think this is all part of getting into these organisations and keeping them dumbed down. Uh, we'll take the Metropolitan Police. I think you've probably seen the story about somebody uh, who was uh, apprehended for stealing sweets or something like that. So it was a 26-year-old woman, and it was in London. And so uh, two of the bobbies turned up. And so, of course, uh, this woman, who's got to be pretty streetwise if she's living off the streets, grabs the, the PC by her ponytail and flung her to the floor and then made off. Um, and the uh, other uh, Bobby wasn't able to sort of do anything about it. Now, I then read somewhere else that to be a policeman, you you, you know, the, 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 well, I think this was an exaggeration. They were saying that you've got to, to have a degree to be a police officer these days. I don't think you have. But but if that were the case, they certainly have been dumbing down the exams that people have been doing in the um, in, in the colleges so they couldn't get a degree. So maybe there is a bit more to it than that, you know. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. OK, I've picked, I've, ridiculous. I've picked up another story which I think is worth looking at, uh, which is a, a, a really weird one, um, because we're going to another country. Let me get the article ready, and then I'll tell you about it. Here it comes. 
Okay, so this is the incredible moment. Eco-activists, so we're back to the activists, stormed the grand final of Sweden's version of Strictly Come Dancing before a quick-thinking cameraman dramatically brought their stunt to an end. A man and a woman from the Restore Wetlands protest group ran on the set with powder paint and a banner, interrupting a performance during the Friday night final of Let's Dance on TV4. This, uh, of course, is Sweden. Uh, Olympic skier Charlotte Kalla was dancing a passadubly with professional... Anyway, they, you know, they give you the, the trivial bit of it, but one of the cameramen, uh, he wasn't having any of it, and he used the overhead rig as a battering ram and knocked this guy to the ground, and then the uh, were then quickly removed from the studio. So uh, when you look at the uh, the way this is being orchestrated, you can see quite clearly that it's international, and that means to me that you've got probably one of two things. Either people who are really quite innocently getting themselves involved in this, and I'm thinking of these guys giving all the money, uh, so if their houses had been sort of, um, you know, in, in problems because of the the fire, uh, you'd wonder whether or not maybe this was just sort of somebody who has got money but really hasn't got much between his ears. Um, because basically, if you know, if you've got that sort of money to give away, uh, then you're obviously giving it to people who, in your maybe warped frame uh, of framework of of thinking about things, um, they're going to sort of maybe get the planet right by plopping orange dust in in the Chelsea Flower Show and Sweden's uh, dancing competition and all that sort of stuff. So they're either misguided or they are politically being motivated by people uh, that they don't really understand how they're doing it. So that's where I would be with that one. What do you think you'd be yeah, thinking? I mean, it, <laughs> some, somebody's got to be... Like, they're, they're blaming this, this fire near the roses and this, that and the other. Listen, nature is its own, has its own way. And it's been going, and like, as I said once before, all of a sudden we're finding stuff from... Four billion years ago on Earth, hang on. Well, it's, it goes round in a cycle. The weather, you, you, you know, you get is it El Nino's here? Well, yeah. Roughly about every ten years, you know, when the cycle comes round to us, we get that El Nino with strong winds and and all sorts. And the same when when you you go to America with these with these fires that just set up on their own because of the heat. But we've had that for billions of years. So you're not going to change that if you stop oil or you go with it, with these solar panels and God knows what and all this out the other. You go with electric cars that are starting more fires than anybody else. You know, any weather does. So you'll not stop it. Nature looks after itself. And when all them trees get burnt and houses get burnt because they're all, they know they're on that, you know, on that track, then it, it regrows itself. And you have just put another new house up. You know, if you're multi-millionaire, why are you, why are you building in that area? If you know, it's like when they set, you know, these floodplains. They yeah. let people build houses on floodplains, and they know every two or five years or whatever, they all get flooded out. They've all got to like, dry, dry their houses out again, and this, that, and the other. It starts at the top, where they should say, listen, if you know if you build your house along this line, like the... the um, San Francisco faults or whatever they are, you know, all the um, uh, earthquakes and stuff. Well, you're, next, you're going to expect it, aren't you? Well, um, I mean, you know, the, the, the line right down the bottom of the Mediterranean coast where we live and right up into uh, France and Italy, and, uh, you know, it's all part of a fault, uh, just like the uh, other parts, like, um, you know, when I was standing on the St San Andreas Fault, you, you don't realise, you know, until yeah. you're actually doing it, um, just yeah. just what's going on. But, I mean, uh, realistically, um, you know, it, it's like, it's now really, for me, it's a, a thing of trying to make my own judgment of whether these people are being... Uh, misrepresented, misled. Uh, obviously, um, they are seriously worried about maybe if, you know, if you've seen your house go up in flames, of course you'll be worried. So 
Is it that they are a bit naive about who's trying to drive all this, or is it that they are part of it? So um, that's really now where I, I, I'm at in my thinking. So yeah, there's one thing you can do: you can stop oil. Yeah, you can stop all the oil. That's fine. You'll not stop nature. No, Them fires will still occur. The same as the floods will still occur. The same as uh, the, the earthquakes will still occur. You cannot stop nature, whether you're stopping oil for, for what reason you think that it might stop everything and we'll all be nice, fit and healthy and lips over 120 and all this lot. No, good point. you won't. You'll not stop nature, whether you stop oil or whether you don't. OK, good point. Here's the next one, because I've got uh, something that I think you will have seen, but we'll talk about it. Now, I don't really want to give this particular person any um, publicity, but it's somebody whose real name is Bakari Bronzo Garrow. And um, it, it, the the nickname he's given himself is Mizzy. And he's been out making these little films, uh, but he's been a total and utter menace. He is the sort of kid who has uh, probably got quite a lively brain, um, but what's he been up to making his little TikTok fr uh, films? He's done things like um, ripping up library books. Um, he's been um, stealing a woman's dog. He's jumping into strangers' cars. So he gets caught. He's already been uh, caught once, so he's immediately ignored what the court's talking about. Um, and he gets a fine of £365 and issued with a criminal behaviour order. So uh, that means that he can never again upload a vid video without the permission of all people appearing in it. This is uh, all at Thames Mag Magistrates Court on Wednesday. Now, you think about that. Um, you know, if he's doing these type of things and he's obviously getting himself well known and he's obviously hung up on trying to get himself in the media, he'll just get somebody else to do it. How on earth do they think that is going to stop him? 365 quid, he's probably, that's probably out of his back pocket. Um, and basically, uh, you know, he's a, he's a menace. Uh, what, why won't they put him in jail? That's what I'd like to know. Well, exactly. That's what I've been saying for... God knows how long I'm prepared of us. Yeah. You know, but can you imagine, can you imagine if I were driving along and he jumps in my car with a camera? Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, boom, you're having it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the only way to stop them, give them a good hiding. But of course, they, they'll be the type that will always pick on, say, a frail uh, lady, probably elderly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah. They'll, they'll not pick on. Uh, one at rugby union plays his cars, will and jump in a, a Range Rover and start taking, uh, filming him and all that. Go, yeah, you're going to uh, get a right good hiding. Drag him out, give him a good hiding, and drive off. Forget it. Go okay. And smash his camera. <laughs> I, I I think we're fairly fairly similar of mind with this one. Let me just uh, let me just look at the next one with you because this one again is just showing the depth, the depth of the problem. Here we go. Okay, so uh, this is a cyclist, set a national junior men's record over 25 miles in 2018, and then, of course, uh, is now uh, transitioning and claiming British cycling has homophobic coaches and compared bosses to the Nazis. He's uh, declared, I'm having to consider an ex exit plan from this terrible island. British Cycling will change their current men's category to an open category where transgender women can compete against other male-born riders, while the feminine, a female category will be reserved for those who were female at birth. Uh, it ends Emily Bridges' <laughs> dream of competing for Great Britain or Wales in women's races and puts pressure on the Sports International Federation, the UCI, to strengthen their own uh, rules. Uh, today, he, she, described as she, okay, she condemned the rule changes in a scathing Instagram post. 
uh, calling British Cycling a failed organisation, describing their decision as a violent act. She also suggested that elite riders are influencing policy in what could be viewed as a thinly veiled attack on a number of female riders who discussed a boycott if Emily was allowed to race, including one uh, with Dame Laura Kenny last year. British Cycling has just banned us from racing, she wrote. They have no authority to control this conversation anymore. Cycling is still one of the whitest, straightest sports out there, and you couldn't care less. Now, what I really uh, want to discuss is the way that these people who are a tiny minority are now being shown in the press as probably quite rational for those that can't think straight, for those that don't really seem to have ever um, had any experience of life or an education, they'll start taking the side of that particular person. I mean, the nonsense is... A junior male probably could get into just about the top 10, but probably wouldn't be good enough to win the men's. So uh, it's a nice way of getting your medals, isn't it? Exactly. And it's a con because you're a man in a woman's race. If, if you're that keen on it, this LGBT plus six, seven and eight and whatever they are, right, form your own cycling group. So everybody in there is either a man who wants to be a woman or a woman who wants to be a man. Sort your own stall out. If if you're in men's racing and women's racing, they're entirely different. I'll tell you what's been a deafening silence to me, and I think you'll see this the minute I mention it. Uh, When we talk about the NHS not having any money... And basically, you know, there's all this need for to go out on the streets and riot and uh, campaign and all the things that, you know, have been going on in the last uh, year or so. Um, what about this money that's being spent on uh, a very, very small minority who then become troublemakers? That, to me, is another part of this jigsaw puzzle for me. Exactly. If, if they want to have the willy cut off, then go privately. Pay for yourself. You still not be a woman. You've no chance of being a woman, whether you have it chopped off or whatever, and you'll still not get in to the women's races because you're biologically a man. If you want to, as I said just then, if you want to race LGBs and, and transgenders and all that lot, sort your own stall out. Everybody, men's racing had to sort theirs out. Women's racing had to sort them out. Olympics. Paralympics, they've had to sort that, you know, so that they can compete at the highest level of, of their particular, you know, um, uh, whatever's wrong with them, whether they've, you know, limbs missing or whatever, or blind or whatever. They've formed that. So instead of keep making a big uproar about men's, women's, you know, uh, paraplegics and all this lot, sort your own story. If you're that big enough to, to start it, then get on with it. Nobody's going to bother you. Probably nobody won't watch it anyway, but get get on with it. Don't I'm come sure. trying to keep jumping in on them that have already been sorted. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that you um, probably wouldn't include the paraplegics in the in the political side because, you know, they're, they're obviously genuine and everybody wants to help, um, you know, but, but when it comes to no, this other stuff... No, it, what, what I'm saying is they've got their own... They've sorted out their own games. Yeah. And we watch, I love watching paraplegics, but somebody with a disability like that, yeah. and, and they're having a right go, and they're coming up with really decent times, I have every credit to them. Yeah. But they've, they've got their own games. All the, uh, the, what was she called it, with, in wheelchair? Uh, uh, d- Tanny Gray. She was pushing for it and pushing for it. And then you, you got momentum for everybody. And then everybody went along with it. And now they've got their own sponsors. They've got their own everything. And I think it's fantastic. You yeah, know, absolutely. Build their own game. So you've got the Olympics for anybody that, you know, the, 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 the men's Olympics, the women's Olympics. You've got the paraplegic Olympics. You know, they've, they've had to do it themselves. These lot just want to jump on somebody else's bandwagon and then change that they want, they want to... Uh, when he is a man, uh, 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 sorry, when he is a woman, and go and run, running women's races, do me a favour. Okay, we've got the next one coming up. Here we go. Come in the dark. 
Okay, so we were talking about uh, the electric cars uh, very many times. We've told people that the batteries um, are, the, are not biodegradable, that uh, obviously there's a lot more going on. Uh, so I read this with very, very uh, great interest. Car dealers are slashing the price of their new electric models in a desperate bid to reinvigorate sales in the face of waning demand for electrical vehicles. Discounts of up to 14% are now available on some EVs as manufacturers look to stir up appetite. Um, a telltale indicator that consumer interest is going flat. It translates to cash savings of more than £4,000 on some EVs, according to market research conducted earlier this month. The biggest market reflection of the falling demand for EVs has come from Tesla, with the US brand hitting headlines for cutting the price of its new models um, on various occasions so far this year to attract customers. But other brands are now starting to follow suit, uh, slashing their showroom prices in an effort to attract more buyers. And this latest analysis has found what car uh, sent mystery shoppers to dealerships across the UK to track down the biggest discounts on battery-powered models. I don't think I've heard that in the news. I don't think that's been coming up too often. What do you think? No, I've I've not heard it neither. Um, but they're knocking fourteen percent up or twelve percent up or whatever. Have you seen the prices of these full electric cars? Right, they're a fortune. Yes, absolute yeah. fortune. Now, yesterday on Facebook, I'm having a, a quick flick on Facebook. Remember, I told you about them in Paris. Yes. All them that they give to the thing. Well, that pops up again. That, and they're still in this field. And they're still going to break down, and they're still going to uh, put the, the lithium poison into the into the water system. So, you know. It, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I've ordered a, a brand new car. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you guess. I'll let you guess what I've got. Uh, a mini. No, no, I don't mean the car. I mean, is it is it petrol, diesel, or electric or hybrid? <laughs> Uh, listen, if you're the Neil Coburn I know, it will be probably diesel. Well, I've gone for petrol this time. Okay, I've got petrol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, go, I asked if they did this model in, in a diesel, and they said, well, no, not on this particular model. I said, well, well, that's the model I want. So I said, but you can have one on petrol. I said, that'll do. Marvellous. So <laughs> that's that's my route. Okay, I've got. Uh, we're working with batteries for over thirty years. I've a rough idea how it works, you know. Well, that, that's a, exactly. I mean, I remember from the minute you told me about that, I thought, wow, oh, come on, you know. Um, I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? P people have got information, and if they're listening to our podcast, they'll they will have known that for about two years now, wouldn't they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but as I say, uh, oh, by the way, it, it's a British-made. Right, or a British name, and I said, well, how long? And he said, it could be three or four months before we get it here. I said, where's it coming from? I was thinking, like, you know, Birmingham or you know, <laughs> that area. He said, China. I said, well, that's all right. I said, it's not going to be out slow boat to China, is it? <laughs> he said, well, it will be about three to four months. Wow. <laughs> what? Whoa. I could have paddled it there myself. How ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> next story coming up. Here we go. Okay, now this one, uh, again, I think is alarming. You might not see the same as me, so it's worth discussing uh, that I read that growing human babies from scratch in a lab could be possible in just five years. This is new breakthrough and researchers in Japan. So it's not China, it's Japan we're looking at. On the cusp of being able to create human eggs and sperm in the lab uh, from scratch, which would then develop in an artificial womb. And Professor Katsuhiko Hayashi, a Japanese scientist at the Kyushu uh, University, who's already figured out the process in mice, believes he's just um, five years away from replicating the results in humans. Uh, but there are ethical concerns, as it means women of any age could have babies. Parents may also want to design their offspring to have certain traits using gene editing tools, giving way to the notion of an assumed perfect child. Contrast all that information, which is in the paper, 
with the uh, the work of the churches who are making sure people are aware that there is totally the opposite to what has been always in the Bible and the holy books going on. So I found that one a bit disturbing in the light of the religious aspect of it. Now, what about things that maybe uh, would be in your mind from that? No, no not in it. I'm not into that at all. No. I mean, artificial... Hang on a minute. Artificial babies. So what do they do? You know, if, if you wanted a baby, and they, if, do they sit you down and give you a, you know, right, you know, you can have it the, this size and this colour and this shape and this, that. And if you have one of these, it could be uh, slightly discounted. And uh, Hang on a minute. What, what's going on here? Yeah. Everybody knows how babies are made. <laughs> you know, well, Please, I, I, do I, me a favour. When I think about it, Neil, you know, I'm not surprised. Uh, it was always going to be that there'd be a, a, a mad scientist somewhere. Uh, even as we speak, we'll probably have somewhere in the world some evil um, scientist trying to create something from an animal that we don't know which one and a human being. I mean, I can see that a mile away. And last night on um, one of the Discovery channels, I was looking at a place where the Nazis had had to leave all their technology behind. Um, and there's the most amazing cave network with all sorts of uh, things that led people to believe that it probably was nearly the nuclear bomb uh, ready to be uh, launched on the world. So... You know, nothing supplies, surprises me these days. Um, and well, you know, we're going back to Frankenstein and stuff like that, aren't we? Yeah, we you are. know what I mean. That, that's what we're going to end up with. And if, if, if all of a sudden this baby that you've said I love and this, that, and the other, and something goes wrong with it, you know, which it more than likely will if it ever, if it ever comes to, to fruition, which I can't see, yeah, you know, who do you blame then? You know, we're going to get a big uproar in for saying, hey, you said this a bit, whatever, you know, whatever you bought out at Catalogue. No, no, I can't see that. No, I mean, even as you say the words bought out of a catalogue, horrible. Um, I think we've just got time for one more. Let me just, uh, let's look at this article. Okay, it's all this business of trying to distract us from the truth and reality and priorities. So, model cum influencer, uh, this particular 22-year-old, owes much of her luxury lifestyle to her legion of social media followers, thousands of whom pay to watch her X-rated content on sites like OnlyFans. In an interview last year, she said she felt empowered by her subscribers who formed a fetish for watching her eat Percy Pig sweets in the nude which netted her £50,000 in four months via the adult website. It came after she claimed to be banned for life from Asda after recording herself dancing in a bikini in the aisles of the supermarket before sharing the clip with her 18,000-plus TikTok followers. Meanwhile, on Instagram, she regularly shares videos of trips to Indonesia and Greece with her 81,000-plus fans and is still listed as an ambassador for Los Angeles-based clothing retailer Fashion Nova. But her life of luxury could now be under threat after she was convicted of a string of stalking and harassment offences against three professional footballers. Uh, now, I don't really want to read too much more than that. It's just the trivial nature of the rubbish that's in the papers. I mean, how can that be of any interest to anybody with a brain? Um, the other thing which uh, we'll quickly look through is this business of what's happening on the, this morning television, which has dragged on and on and on with uh, Schofield and his exploits and Hilly, uh, Hilly whatever her name is, Holly Wannabe or Holly. whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, if people can't see through this, and see that it's all trying to disguise and 
deflect from the reality of what really is important in life. Like I say, um, you know, that information you gave me wasn't even online uh, regarding um, Keir Starmer and the Labour Party and the money that obviously is coming in from... Um, uh, uh, is it Dale Vince? Isn't was the name? I think. Um, I mean, it's it's the sheer stupidity of some of this stuff. That's what I can't yeah, understand. Well, you're going to get perverse that'll pay a, a, a couple of quid to watch any, any female in nude or whatever, won't you? You know. So you can just sweep them aside. Yeah, you carry on just wasting your money, pal, and this, that, and the other. What and do as you we say about you know Keir Starmer? And then she's up for she's been stalking footballers and oh, doing, you know what I mean? They're not writing, Ed. They, we, we we should never have got rid of lunatic asylums because we could fill millions of them now. Because that's all it seems to me. And the, the newspapers and the government, you know, they need to get their act together and let's have what what is news and what isn't. Philip Schofield, yeah, right. He's done right. Now you got uh, what what's he called the Irishman, Eamon Holmes. He's, he's saying he's deluded and this, that, and the other. If you've cheated on your wife and then decide to embarrass her even more by saying that you're gay, then you deserve to be thrown off a television thing. You know, when you're doing things in... He worked for, for him, didn't he, in studio. That's not right. He's, he's been finished. He's, well, he said he resigned. Yeah? Right. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll not see any more of Philip Schofield in any other game shows or anything else. Oh no, he's, he's still going to be in in uh, the Dancing on Ice or something. Um, well, yeah, you watch you watch the viewing figures go down, boom, and they'll have to get rid of him. That's how it works. It, it's you the, know, when, when somebody t- turns the, the the kettle on in in a break on Dancing on Ice, that's how they get how many they've done. Right. Yeah. If all of a sudden, nobody's watching it. Well. Sorry, Philip, but you're, uh, you're going through the ice at the moment. But, I mean, you've given me that story on, on the Labour um, situation with Just Stop Oil. That has still not appeared, and yet I've just quickly looked at a headline, which I will have a look at in a minute. Manchester United in casual sexism storm as Women's Player of the Year, Alessia Ruscio, is told her trophy is too heavy to be handed to her by the chief exec of club's charity arm. Um, I mean... <laughs> where, where do they dig up this drivel? Right, so, so this one's too heavy... So if you give them one about eight inches tall, nice little silver cup, they'll say, hang on a minute, the men get one about three foot tall and this, that and the other, with a crown on top and everything, and you're giving us this. So <laughs> there's no pleasing everybody, is there? No, you, you, you know I mean? no, you're right. And, and I mean, whilst that's now uh, up near the top of the page for the headline, uh, I still haven't really uncovered much of the detail of this work uh, that... Um, you know, is going on for Rob Burrow and the motor neuro uh, cause. I mean, it's uh, just... Ke- it, it, ke- I, I get that all the time uh, with uh, Kevin Sinfield. Yeah. He's been on... What? That, that is a true mate, that is. Right. I, and when... Rob, when, when I get it, because I get Granada, yeah? Yeah. And he's, and he's in Yorkshire. We get all that and... It, it, it keeps cropping up all the thing about the uh, MND. That must be one of the worst diseases you could ever give to anybody. It's yeah. absolutely horrendous. Yeah. And that Kevin Sinfield, what a guy. He deserves... You, you give Keir Starmer one and you give that other fella, remember he got an OBE or something like that? No. Yeah. He's the ones you want to be making, sirs. And, and certainly, uh, as we finished, uh, Neil, he, he's sort of the one that I would want to be seeing written up and um, praised in the papers and drop exactly. this Schofield Go stuff. You know, carrying, carrying his mate over line. For, oh, uh, phenomenal. And he's made like about 10 or 12 million for that. MND, you know, reserve. And he carries his mate because I'm not finishing before you. Yeah. You that, know what I mean? That was lovely. Oh. Fantastic. Neil, we've got through some great stuff and uh, well done with that scoop. So uh, look forward to chatting next week. Yeah, that'll be great. Brilliant, Neil. See you next week. Have a great week. Right, uh, the dark clouds are starting to come in at the moment. (laughs) Right, we've got them, don't worry. Cheers, Neil. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Ta-ra, Vince. Ta-ra, thanks.